I was looking at the cannabis space originally because I was out in Colorado and this, this is 2013, 2014, and I'm working on a project. I'm like, hmm, what's up with this cannabis space? And as I began to research it and discover the molecule in the cannabis plant known as CBD, cannabidiol, and understand the therapeutic capabilities, I became fascinated with it. And Dr. Bill Goebbels, a friend of mine, he was actually the chief operating officer of the uh, large pharmacy I was working on a project with. And we started talking about it and said, man, we should do something with this. And ultimately, we landed on delivering CBD through a transdermal, which means through the skin cream. And what that does, it's an anti-inflammatory. And what I found personally, and as we did field testing with it, it is outstanding in helping you recover faster because inflammations, you know, it creates pain, it creates uh, inability to recover and train again. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you heard is a guest for this episode, Mr. Eric Smart. Eric is a founder and the CEO of a company called Myoderm. And it's kind of interesting. What happens, kind of lets you in behind the curtain a little bit. When you're on a podcast like this or you run a blog, people send you pitches all the time. In 90% of the time, I look at this stuff on there. I had a, had a pitch for something the other day. Somebody sent me this pitch for a book, something about a guy communicating with a dead relative. Anyway, I'm just like, yeah, that might be some, some right for some podcast, but not mine. I don't like to do podcasts where it sounds like I'm doing an infomercial, but when I got the opportunity to speak with Eric and to learn a little bit more about CBD, I wanted to jump on it. Because I don't know about you. I, everywhere I go, it seems like drugstores, sporting goods stores, everywhere you go, I see CBD, CBD for sale. You see it advertised. And I've done a little bit of reading on it. I've written an article where I included CBD because it's being used for recovery. It's being used to promote exercise recovery. And that's one of its greatest benefits is it can help reduce pain. It can help reduce inflammation. If you've taken acetaminophen, if you've taken ibuprofen, but you stop because it really bothers your stomach, you might want to look into using CBD because there's been some really interesting stuff on it. And one of the things we talked with Eric about today, or that I talked with Eric about, is why are we seeing so many CBD products out now? There's a law that went into effect a couple years ago that changed the ability to access derivatives from the hemp plant. And that's exactly why you're seeing more of that. And this is a fun conversation because Eric is, Eric is a guy about my age. And what's interesting is he's actually connected with Floyd Landis. And, well, you'll hear that story in a minute. And I don't know if, don't know if you remember the name Floyd Landis, but Floyd used to ride with Lance Armstrong, ride bikes. And after Lance retired from the Tour de France, Floyd Landis won the Tour de France. Now, if you know anything about cycling, you're like, yeah, but Pete, he had his title stripped. You know what? I don't care. I don't care if athletes get, quote unquote, popped for drug tests. Let's be honest. We know that some sports like professional cycling, most of the guys in it are probably doping. It's just the ones that get popped are the ones that don't, don't know how to cover their tracks that well. And if you remember Lance, Lance always said, I've never tested positive. Anyway, that's semantics. Bottom line is, whether or not Floyd had his title re- revoked, he still won the race. Lance still won the race. They still did the work. Anyway, it's very interesting to find out that, that Eric is connected with Floyd Landis and has a background in cycling. And Eric has also done a number of triathlons. And that's kind of what led him on his journey to finding CBD. And like, like myself, Eric is about my age. 
And he went to, he went to, well, not like myself, I didn't do this, but Eric went to the Citadel, which is a military college where he did a lot of physical work. He's not a guy afraid to do the hard work, but what happens is you get a little bit older and you still want to do the hard work is your body doesn't let you. So Eric, actually, you'll hear the story. Eric worked in pharmaceutical industry. He teamed up with a researcher and that's where they came up with the idea for myoderm. And it is a, it's actually the only, right now it's the only CBD cream being sold by Dick's Sporting Goods. And, and I did a little consulting gig with Reebok a few years ago. And I remember one of the times I was at the Reebok headquarters in Massachusetts, they're getting ready for a meeting with the buyers from Dick's. And they had like all these displays, Dick's stores set up all over, all over the place in, in the Reebok offices. And it is a huge process to get into a store like Dick's. And so when I read that, when I read that Myoderm was sold by Dix, that said a lot to me because I know they don't just carry anything. So it's actually a pretty interesting story. Eric tells a story about how Dix ended up carrying Myoderm, and it's the only CBD cream that Dix carries. Now, before we get into the interview with Eric Smart, just remember, if you want to learn, if you, you know, it's one of the most visible muscles in our body. It's the one thing that a lot of people pay attention to. What am I talking about? I'm talking about your J-Lo. I'm talking about your Kim Kardashian. I'm talking about your butt. Yeah, I'm talking about your butt. On Tuesday, July 7th, my good friend Abby Apple and I, she's another master trainer. We're both master trainers for Core Health and Fitness. That's the parent company of Stairmaster, Schwinn Indoor Cycling, and Nautilus. Well, Abby and I are teaching a session called Glute Reboot, How to Train Your Glutes. I'm kind of teaching it from the guy's perspective. She's teaching it from the woman's perspective. We go into the science of how your glutes function, and we go into a number of different exercises, a number of different ways that you can strengthen your glutes. Now, if you miss that webinar, it's going to be 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. You have to do the math if you're in another country. If you miss the live version of the webinar, I will have it available on my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com. I'll have the recorded version. It's going to be $25, a little bit more than an hour you'll get a lot of information about how to train your glutes. And if you're a personal trainer, if you're a fitness professional, there will be CECs. I think I have ACECs for it, and Abby will have AFA CECs. So you will be able to get CECs for it. Great opportunity. And that's, frankly, folks, that's the way I'm trying to get the pod, support the podcast. I'm trying to teach you a lot of information. If you want to learn a little bit something more specific, I have an, I have an online course right now called Dynamic Anatomy. It's a recorded webinar. It's an ebook. There's a link down below in the show notes. I have a core training course and workouts coming out very in the very near future. It's a great course, six workouts for core training. It teaches you everything you need to know about your core. And then the other program I'm working on right now, finishing up, is called Exercise for the Fountain of Youth. That's right. The right exercise program can slow down the aging process. Look down below in the show notes. All that information is there. You can go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com. Sign up for Glute Reboot. Look out for the core training program. Look out for the exercise as a fountain of youth program because I want to teach you how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. And with that, let's get into our conversation with Eric Smart, the founder and CEO of Myoderm, a transderm, a company that makes transdermal cream featuring CBD to help relieve the aches and pains from your hard workouts and your favorite activities. I'm Pete McCall of All About Fitness. Today, I'm speaking with Eric Smart, the CEO, and you're the founder of Myoderm, correct? correct? Yeah, I'm the co-founder of Myoderm. I founded it with Dr. Bill Goble, who's a licensed pharmacist, and we founded it in 2017. Great. And Myoderm, what's your primary product line? We do a topical CBD cream. 
All right. And I want to ask you about that a little bit because I know CBD is, is a huge and widely popular. That's why I wanted to speak with you. But real quick, before we get into the topic of CBD, what is your personal athletic background? What is, what is your sports background and what are you doing now in terms of any activity? Sure. I have suffered through lots and lots of misery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I went to college at the Citadel and it's a military college. So you're going to do a lot of running, uh, a lot of push-ups. And ultimately I got interested in endurance sports, got into triathlon and was competitive uh, both on the East Coast and the West Coast, and actually moved out to the West Coast in California, or really got to pedaling a bicycle a lot. So uh, I would compete, gosh, every weekend in the criteriums, the the crits that are pervasive there, um, doing up to half Ironman triathlons. And uh, ultimately, I, I went a little nutty. I had a professional cycling team I owned to uh, compete in the Tour of California. So that, that was kind of the culmination of my endurance sports trek there. Well, wait a minute. You owned a professional cycling team? I how did. Did, how that I did. Well, you know, uh, maybe early midlife crisis. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wanted to win the Tour of California, and I knew I could never do it. So I want to build a team to do it. And um, uh, built a great team. And actually hired a guy named Floyd Landis to uh, race on the team who had won the 2006 Tour of California. Ultimately, this was 2010. So that's when Lance Armstrong was coming back into cycling. And uh, they don't like each other very much. So <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, Lance made sure we were kind of blackballed from the Tour of California, which was not good for anyone on the team, especially Floyd. And, uh, you know, there was uh, some... Uh, shall we say, communications and uh, tension to get us back in that got leaked and the Wall Street Journal broke that on the second day of the Tour of California in 2010. And that was 10 years ago. Man, time goes by fast. So um, ultimately post that, I got kind of burnt on the endurance scene a little bit. And I got more into weightlifting and powerlifting and really trying to, you know, get stronger. So I've kind of run the gamut as far as training goes. Well, real quick, I want to say, because Floyd actually won, didn't he win the tour, uh, the Tour de France one year after after Armstrong did the first retirement? Yeah, in 2006, uh, kind of Floyd won everything. He won the Tour yeah. of California, the Tour de France, a couple other big races. Um, you know, obviously, he got popped for doping in uh, 2006 after the Tour de France, and they stripped him of that title. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's a rabbit hole to go down to as far as PDs and doping, but, uh, you know, it's a great cyclist and I really want to win that race and he had won it before. So, and, uh, I, I do like him. I think he's got a very interesting personality, uh, very bright guy. Um, great storyteller. Ultimately though, that did not work out. So. Well, and I'll say this, Eric, cause I really think, I don't have I don't have much patience for all this PED stuff. Look, you can buy you and I can go down to our doctor and we can get a testosterone prescription right now, right? Like sure. if we wanted to, we could get T replacement, we could get GH. And I really I, I don't have much tolerance for all this PED stuff because all hormone therapy does in athletics is let people recover a little bit quicker. You know, right. somebody like Floyd, somebody like like Lance, somebody that's going to win a competition. It's, it's the PED is not really going to push you. You have to be a competitor. You have to have that kind of that Kobe Bryant, that Michael Jordan gene of where you just want to grind your competition away. 
you know, using a PED might give you a, it's not even give you that much of an edge. It just helps you recover a little bit quicker. So I really, I'm one of those few people that I don't have much tolerance for. I honestly think, you know, and the reason why we can't is because of kids. I mean, if, if pro athletes really were open about their drug usage, then kids in high school and college would start using drugs and we cannot have that. You know, but I just, I really think it should be taught personally. And this is not, a, I don't, thankfully I don't have any sponsors. So I don't have to worry about upsetting, but, <laughs> but I really, I mean, I honestly think it's almost like it should be just legal and to have guys working with legitimate doctors as opposed to doing it underground and doing it with like these homemade, you know, chemists and all that stuff. Anyway, that's my own, that's my own personal thought. So, cause I know I, that can be a whole rabbit hole with cycling. Yeah. Agreed. You, you're never going to replace talent. You can't now, you know, when you get to that level, 2% does make a difference. Um, so there, there is that consideration. I, I too wish it was more above board. I think there'd be, it'd be safer. It'd be, um, more understood and less, uh, gamed. So ultimately I agree. Yeah. And, and we're not here to talk about that. So, but, but as an endurance athlete and now a weightlifter, you're used to beating your body up right? <laughs> you're oh, kind of yeah. used yeah. to, you know, it's kind of like people that do that are used to a certain sort of pain tolerance. And how has, how did you get turned on to CBD in the first place? Well, uh, so I moved down to Colorado. I've been working in either food manufacturing or commercial ph pharmaceutical manufacturing for almost 20 years and running companies in those spaces. And as an athlete, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of all the, um, shall we say, components that build performance, whether they're as food, as drugs, any, and obviously training. So, um, because the way to get stronger, the way to get faster, the way to go longer is after a training session, after working out, get back at it. But you can't if you're falling to pieces the next three days later, right? And that's what CBD does uh, very well. It will, it's basically a replacement for ibuprofen without the negative side effects of taxing your kidneys and putting stress on your GI tract. And that's what's been so fascinating. And, and just a little bit of disclosure, I've been talking with a couple people in the CBD space, and I'm trying to get a hold of a, uh, of a doctor, of a pro-cannabis doctor up in, uh, up, up in Canada, so I can kind of go full cycle on this. Because I really do think that with the legalization the last few years, I've been a big proponent of legalization, of cannabis legalization. I mean, let's face it. You know, if you remember back to high school, the you, you always had the two groups of guys in high school. You had the guys that would be drinking and getting a fight. And then you had the stoners who just hang out in the back of the party and, and cause no problems. You know, so right. when you look at it, you know, as we as we get a little bit older, in, in my opinion, and know what I know, I, I don't think cannabis, you know, the use of THC is a bad thing for the aging process. So it's it's interesting to see that that legalization change. Now, what is the difference? How did why is CBD all of a sudden so popular, and how is it different than than THC, what people normally associate with cannabis? Well, the first big difference. So let, let's do, let's do make a distinction on what they are. So some people are kind of confused or don't have the basis for it. THC is a molecule in the cannabis plant. CBD is another molecule in the cannabis plant. So. THC is the most famous because it has a state change and will get quote, get you quote unquote high. Um, however, there are good therapeutic capabilities of THC. Most people don't realize they're actually prescription medications that use THC as the active. It's a synthesized THC, but it's a, it's the same thing found in the plant. Uh, Marinol is one. Uh, it's used to increase appetite for uh, cancer patients. 
Um, CBD also has a prescription medication called Epidiolex, which uh, helps uh, for a seizure condition in kids called Dravet's. So these are highly therapeutic molecules. Uh, the big difference is THC will get you high. It has a state change capacity. CBD does not have a state change capacity other than pain relief that has been noted to date. So, you know, if you're driving, obviously you need to be cognizant of the fact using smoking weed or anything with THCs can change your state and cause a deterioration of reflexes. Um, so those are the big differences between the two. I will say this, both tend to have, um, pain management capabilities. So that's, there is a, a similarity between the two in that. Well, I also, I think it's interesting to note, I, I hadn't thought of this before in all honesty, but you kind of have the legalization of, of cannabis going along the same hand in hand as the, the proliferation of Uber, of Uber and uh, Lyft. So I think there's a little bit of a benefit there, but um, yeah, I never really realized that before, right? Is is both have grown yep. in popularity at about the same time, but let's just take, I want to take another look at it because CBD, you derive, when I was reading the materials for myoderm, you derive CBD from hemp, correct? And that's different than how, how, um, how THC is developed, how is CB and what is the difference between hemp and cannabis and why are you able to access hemp now when you couldn't before a few years ago? Yes. An excellent question. So there's a lot of confusion about nomenclature here. So you have marijuana, cannabis, hemp, they're all synonymous. It's the same plant. There is no difference other than to be classified as industrial hemp, a cannabis plant has to have less than 0.3% THC present in the plant. Mm. So that's a molecule, THC, that is tested at less than 0.3%. That's what classifies industrial hemp. Marijuana, which is the common nomenclature for cannabis, is the cannabis plant with anything over 0.3% THC. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, no, I think it's a great, I hadn't heard that distinction because I know hemp is used, has been used or was traditionally used for paper and for a lot of cloth products, you know, years ago. And I hadn't heard that distinction. And it's funny, you go into a dispensary now and you see, you see products, you know, advertising 23, 25%, whatever percent THC. So I didn't really, I didn't realize that was a distinction. So if you're using hemp for CBD, then there really is no, for people that might be worried about THC exposure, with your products, they don't have to worry about that, correct? Let's take it one step further. So uh, there are two forms to get CBD in the market today. There's hemp extract, and there is CBD in a powder form, sometimes called isolate. That's kind of the industry term that's developed, but ultimately it's just a 100% pure CBD. It's just the molecule. So when you go buy ibuprofen, when they make that, it's ibuprofen in powder form. So when we make our products, our CBD products, we're just using CBD as an ingredient in the powder form. It's not an extract. It is actually, the molecule is parsed out from the hemp complete extract. So there's literally hundreds of molecules when you extract out of a hemp plant. Then you can parse those molecules. In this case, you just want the CBD molecule, which is the only thing we use as part of the hemp plant. So there's and, zero, zero chance for having THC in the product. 
Well, and I think that's a concern, right? Because I know like I coach you sports and I know that, you know, we have testing for, even though THC is legal in California, they still want coaches to not test positive for that. So my, I just wanted to ask that question because people out there might be hesitant to use CBD with the misperception or misconception that it could be a THC exposure. And I think that's a very important thing to, to clarify. It's basically the number one concern when looking at CBD products, am I going to have THC, even trace amounts in there, which may lead to uh, a testing positive for THC. And that's, you know, people have jobs, people have activities where they may get tested and that's not acceptable. Now, and, and with this, and so what changed? Why all of a sudden, because it turned, it's looked around, Eric, and, and it's like all of a sudden overnight, it seems like we have this huge proliferation of CBD products everywhere. You know, what happened that all of a sudden we get this flood to the marketplace? Was it because cannabis is becoming more legalized or what all of a sudden created this flood of CBD products? Sure. That's directly related to the 2018 Agriculture Improvement Act, often called the Farm Bill, where CBD was explicitly um, allowed for um, interstate commerce and interstate transportation. And the FDA was given oversight of that ingredient. So the FDA immediately, not immediately, probably three months later, published guidelines for how CBD is allowed to be sold in the U.S. Uh, It is allowed to be sold as a topical product, is explicitly not allowed to be sold as a food or dietary supplement. So it's not allowed to be ingested. However, they do not enforce that. So on a technical aspect, you can only legally buy topical CBD products. On a reality of it, you can buy, obviously, ingested CBD products. And you see, I, I think that's important. I was reading through the materials and I was like, oh, okay, that's, that makes sense now. There's a farm bill, kind of like in 1994, there was a, there was a federal act that all of a sudden made uh, supplements more accessible and you saw a flood of different supplements to the marketplace. Yes. Now, let me ask you this, let me ask you this about the use of CBD and your back, what is your background? You're, do you, are you a chemist? What is your academic background? Because you've worked in the pharmaceutical industry, correct? Yes, but I'm a, uh, I'm a software engineer. So I would build out production facilities and production lines to be approved by the FDA for um, pharmaceutical companies. So I'm an engineer, uh, but I did found the company with Dr. Bill Goble, who's a scientist, a pharmacist. And so we have a strong manufacturing, a strong science background, and a strong pharmacological background that gives us real competitive advantages in the market. For example, our product is, as I mentioned, transdermal. So this cream, we emulsify the CBD and allow it to move through your skin and get into your muscle and connective tissue. So that's very advanced pharmaceutical technology that other companies don't even have access to. And that's what gives us huge competitive advantage, makes our product work. Um, and what, what you'll find in the market generally, just kind of as a consumer awareness, you're going to find a lot of ripoffs because if you go look at a product and it has 10% menthol and less than 1% CBD, that's telling you they're basically selling you Icy Hot for six times the price. <laughs> That's actually really good insight because I've seen, you know, I was wondering what the difference was. And there was a cream I tried a year ago. I banged my knee up pretty good and I got a CBD cream that really, it, it seemed to work well where, and I just wasn't sure what the whole process was. 
so there is a difference. So people, what do people want to look for when they look at a label of a CBD product? You know, if it makes you smell like a locker room, you're probably getting ripped <laughs> off. No, it's just that simple. Um, anything you see in, for example, lidocaine, menthol, uh, products like, you know, there's some great products out there for menthol. There's Icy Hot. Uh, there's other products around lidocaine. There's Asper Cream for another active ingredient. There are very good topical analgesics out there. But if you're looking for a CBD product, which has a def- different mechanism of action and actually reduces inflammation, you're going to need to find a product that does not have the concentration of those ingredients. So, for example, in our products, we have uh, 2.4 to 4.8% concentration of CBD and 0.2% concentration of menthol. So, and that's and that's important. One thing I want to ask, though, and the reason why I asked your chemistry background, and, and and you being an engineer, I'm fine with that because I'm sure you work very closely with, with with your pharmacist. Because I didn't realize this, Eric, before I did a little research. I wrote a wrote an article on recovery techniques last year, and, and included a section in there on cannabidol. And I don't, I know I don't pronounce that right. I had speech stuff <laughs> growing up, so it's kind of funny. I, I do this, but we have our own receptor. We have we have a cannabidol system in our body, correct? There is, can we do have receptors in, correct? Uh, if you want to get in the weeds on this a little bit, yeah, we let's can. get a little bit in the weeds. All right, like all right. So um, there's indications of understanding the mechanism of action, and we're not going to go crazy into it. But what seems to be happening is your body endogenously produces anandamide. So anandamide's a natural anti-inflammatory you produce. There's an enzyme that breaks that down. What CBD does, it binds to anandamide and blocks that enzyme from breaking down anandamide. So for example, when you put on our cream, it's gonna locally penetrate into the muscle and connective tissue, and it's gonna bind to the receptors in your in anandamide in your body right there and block those enzymes from breaking down. So your body's just able to massively fight inflammation longer and more concentrated because there's less breakdown. So that's kind of the, the mechanism of action that's, that's understood to date around how CBD is fighting inflammation. There's other stuff that CBD appears to be doing either around anxiety, stuff like that, but not a lot of understanding on the, the mechanics of that. And you, you guys are, are promoting this primarily as painkilling. No, what I read that was very interesting is that the body has its own cannabidiol receptor system. And part of that is, is like pain suppression. So amenadine, and I know I don't pronounce that right, but you have, when people exercise, you have dopamine, you have serotonin, you have epinephrine, norepinephrine, all mm-hmm. these are neurotransmitters. And, and part of the runner's high that people feel, and, and I'm sure you're well aware of this as a runner, when you start exercising, you feel that pain suppression. My understanding, Eric, is that part of that pain suppression that people feel when they reach a certain threshold of their exercise is related to the natural cannabidiol receptor or the cannabidiol and indigenous that they have within the body. Am I right in that? Did I understand that correctly? Or, or how much of that are you familiar with? You know, once again, we are starting to get a little bit out of uh, the expertise range. That would definitely be more biology and, um, you know, what, what the body's doing endogenously. Um, that, yes, there's a whole receptor CB1, CB2 system in your body. Certainly it participates in some of that activity. Um, 
ultimately. Well, if I can just break in here, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire. Yeah. Like, no, 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 this, no, no, no. But it's more of just, I want to make sure that I read, you know, I read that I read what I was reading correctly. That would jibe up that, that you're getting the same information that we have a natural, because I, I didn't realize that we have a natural receptor system in our body. Sure. So when yes. we take a CVD transdermally, it's reacting. What it's doing is we have a lock and key, right? Is the CVD well, that, that we take. I, well, let me, let me put a pause on that real quick. Yeah. That, there, there is speculation around that, but it's not fully understood. So okay, yeah. remember you're talking about, so it's, it's having a high, high degree of activity in your body. Absolutely. And that's, what's the kind of a shame about that. We haven't been studying it for, you know, 50 years because there's clearly a lot of stuff going on. Um, what they have identified are some key receptors that are actually actively participating. CBD is actively participating in activities of the body. Uh, there are some indications on it, some of the stuff you talked about. Man, the science is super thin on it still. There's no research one university is really tearing this thing apart and uh, you know doing you know testing and studies. It's just starting. So I would say take everything with a grain of salt. Is you know, very very thin right now. You know, I'd love that, and I don't know how much you've listened to the podcast, but I get I get a lot of smart people on here. A lot of people who are a lot smarter than me. And one of the things I always like in the conversations is they never want to give a definitive answer. You know, I find it's Eric, the, what's that? It's really hard, man. This they've the body's complex, like insanely yeah. complex. Well, and, and I like this because you know you're a software engineer, and I've had this conversation with PhDs and people, like I said, who are a lot smarter in this area than I am. And the more that people know the less likely they are to give you a definitive answer. Whereas if people go on social media, and my listeners are probably tired of hearing me say this, but if you go on social media and you see some buff 28-year-old saying, do this, do this, do this, you probably don't want to listen to them because they don't know what they're talking about. Whereas somebody who makes their living in the field, you have an idea, but you don't want to say definitively because the science isn't there. We don't know definitively. Man, the more definitive someone is, usually the more full of it they are. <laughs> that should be the sub theme of my show <laughs> there you go with, with that and let me because a lot of athletes have been using cbd right i saw that you guys do you guys sponsor any athletes that use your product on a regular basis you know we we give a lot of product out to a lot of athletes i have a lot of friends uh, associates uh, we love being involved with athletic endeavors uh, but we don't directly sponsor any of them for a lot of reasons because you know, our, our industry is so restrictive on marketing that if we're sponsoring, there's really nothing we can do from a marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm. So we rely heavily on word of mouth. Uh, we, like I said, we give out a lot of product because we want people using it. We want people experiencing it. That's our primary means of conversion. Uh, so yes, we have athletes. We work with a lot of them, but we don't do heavy sponsorship currently. Okay, so I saw on your website, or I think it was your Facebook, no, your LinkedIn page, sorry. I wouldn't look you up on Facebook. I looked up. I looked you up on LinkedIn. Um, but you guys look like you're working with a Red Bull athlete. And I just, I'm, I've been, I don't know about you, I'm fascinated. I do a little bit of mountain biking myself, and I'm just, I'm fascinated with the Red Bull Hardline and some of the Red Bull series. So I wasn't sure if you, you've worked with any of those guys. We do. Like, I know a lot of guys in that space, and we have a lot of personal connections. Um, and they love our product. They, you know, we just... We can't, it's such a weird environment. Like you see that that's what another buyer beware when you're seeing a lot of promotion right now, there's no one, one speaking with a high degree of expertise on it. Very, very rare. And two, the athletes haven't really used it for a long period of time. They're not, it hasn't been completely um, amalgamated into the sports and athletic space. 
So what we've done is taken the stance like we're waiting for the market to allow more advertisement. You can't even buy Google AdWords currently, for example. Oh, really? Yeah, it's highly restrictive. So what we're doing is we're we're building long-term relationships with athletes. So when we're ready, they can speak with real authority. It's not just, ah, they get paid some money and say some good things. These are long-term use, really case studies of how our product works to help people perform better, feel better, be better. Well, what do you think the future is for CBD? Where do you think the future is going to go? I mean, because it's only been two years since 2018 and the releasing the floodgates, if you will, how do you think this is going to evolve as more people use the product, as more products come to market? What, what do you see? What do you see the future potential? Man, I'm kind of worried, actually. Um, I, I see a lot of fraud out there and we work diligently to fight against that. So we make a product that's manufactured at the highest standards. We manufacture to basically what you manufacture drugs to. So those kind of control systems, I mean, that's our background. So we have that advantage already. A lot of stuff people are buying is just garbage. It's made, it's almost made in people's kitchen sinks. It is highly, highly suspect. And there's legislation already being circulated about making, categorizing CBD as a dietary supplement. That's a problem. Because CBD, one, is a prescription medication. And two, dietary supplements, one of the least uh, intensely regulated and with the least amount of oversight, uh, because most of the products in that are not really, you know, we all go buy dietary supplements that seem like they might do something, but they're, they really don't do much. There's a few that are good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but not, not many, right? Yeah, from what it, from the doctors I've talked to, most of it you're urinating. I mean, you're excreting yeah, that anyway. I mean, yeah. your body will take some, but yeah, you're 100. CBD is different. CBD is different. So, uh, what we need to see is the type of manufacturing requirements, the type of trust built into the products that are being sold that we have for literally, like when you go buy ibuprofen or acetaminophen or any of those type, or you know, menthol products. The very, very, there was called over-the-counter drug category. So that's what we're really pushing for because that's our concern in the market. Like people are just getting ripped off everywhere, man. It, it, it's frustrating. And one thing I saw that, that really fascinated me is you guys, what do you, what's your big distribution point? You guys, and unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people can still can access it because I know the one, the one we have right down the street from me here has been closed. And I think it just recently opened up. But who, who's your main retail distributor? Well, we have, we have a bunch of well-known retailers. We've got um, Dick Sporting Goods, GNC, 7-Eleven, Love's Convenience Stores. So you can go in any of these stores, and some are regional. I would say Dick Sporting Goods is not, you know, there's they have about 800 stores. We're sold in about 200, but we're the only CBD products sold in Dick Sporting Goods. And the reason is because all of our products, our entire product portfolio is FDA compliant. Uh, we're the only company that I know of in the market, certainly sold on a national level, they can say that. Well, and that's yeah. why I wanted to ask you, like, what was the process to get into those national? Because I'm sure they don't just put anybody on their shelves, especially with a product like what you have. And I just wanted to, because I thought that was pretty impressive because I'm sure you had to go through some quality standards to be able to be carried by at the national level. Oh, yeah. We have compliance teams come out to our manufacturing facility to see our processes and sign off on them before we're selling through those type of retailers. Um so that's, you know, then, of course, that's a strength of ours. Um, interesting story, though. You want to know how we got into uh, Dick's Sporting Goods? Yeah, no, I thought, yeah. 
So uh, we have a uh, um, kind of friend, colleague who plays golf at uh, Ed Stack, the CEO of Dick's Barn Goods, this country club. And we were able to get product to him. He tried it. He liked it. And uh, he told his team, like, we're, we're selling this. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's a, uh, that's a good way to get in. Um, we certainly have to prove ourselves post that, uh, which we have done. And now that they're coming back online, obviously the world's getting out of, uh, the, uh, the lockdown and from COVID and starting to see stores open up. So we're excited about getting more of our product through their stores and getting people access to it. And, uh, yeah. Well, I didn't even thought about that, Eric, because the last two, well, one of the last episodes I posted before this one goes up or, well, I will post it before this one goes up is about what people should be aware of returning to the gym. And I would really highly recommend taking a look at myoderm because as you go, because I think people have been exercising at home, right? I, everybody's been walking around my neighborhood, but once they get back to the gym, they're going to be working out at a higher, kind of at a higher intensity. And I do think it'd be worth listeners to try out, take a look at myoderm because I do think CBD, a topical ointment, for, for pain management would be a much better idea. Cause all of a sudden getting back into the gym, cause I don't, cause you're probably the same way, right? You can work out at one level of intensity at home, but how much harder do you work if you're at the gym with a couple of your buddies? Oh yeah. It's not even, it's not even the same game, right? You, yeah. You're going to push yourself much harder and you are definitely going to, as you get back into that, you're going to be surprised how much fatigue you generate off of that because you haven't been conditioned for it. Cause you, you, you're at home, like kind of phoning it in. Cause that's, and I feel your pain because I've been doing the same and I'm trying to get back into it. <laughs> yeah, we, we've all been doing it. Now, real quick, before we wrap it up, what do you think the future is? I mean, you guys, and I know I don't want to really go down too down the, the rabbit hole of THC, but what do you think the future is? I mean, you're in Colorado where it's been legal now for a number of years, I think since 2014, maybe 20. It's been legal for a number of years. Yep. What do you think as someone in, in, the, in the marketplace and who's been working in the field, what do you think the future of THC is? Do you think we're going to see it legalized on a national level or, or, or more widely accepted? I can't see why not right now. There's no major opposition. There's some holdouts in conservative regions of the country that are slowing the adoption. But, I mean, there's no hard line against it currently. And I don't see that changing. So yes, timing's the the big question there. Whether it takes, you know, two years, five years, ten years, is definitely trending that way. And ultimately, our job and our company is to see how we can get therapeutic application out of it. So just like we do with CBD, I think there's real therapeutic application of THC, um, and there's other molecules out there in the uh, cannabis plant. It's a pretty spectacular plant that as science catches up to it, I think we'll get a lot more utility out of it. Well, and that's just purely for pure self-interest. I've been investing personally in the, in the cannabis, in the T in the can, not just THC, but I've been investing in the cannabis space for about four or five years now. Cause when we were both young men in our early twenties and dot com was blowing up, I didn't have two nickels to rub together, (laughs) but now they have, you know, now they have a, you know, a few dollars in the bank. I kind of see, I, you know, personally, I see cannabis, legal cannabis as having the potential of being one of the next Google or Amazon. I mean, from, and I, and I know we're not talking investments. I know you're not qualified for investment, but what's your, just from an amateur personal thought, I mean, would you, do you kind of share the same? Cause you left pharmaceuticals to get into this space. So obviously you must yeah. feel pretty bullish on it. Yeah. I started a company in the industry. So yes, I do. <laughs> I'm of the same ilk, man. Um, 
Ultimately, it's still a wonky environment. There are several large cap cannabis companies out there with a Canopy Aurora, all making moves now, making moves in the CBD industry, which you really have to bifurcate between the uh, THC and CBD space, right? You've got the state restricted marijuana market, and you've got the national market of the uh, of CBD products and hemp derivatives. So, look for companies that are um, moving across the line of both marijuana and hemp products. Those have the highest probability of growing the fastest. There's so much constraint in the marijuana markets because it's state by state, whereas hemp's on a national level. As you get faster adoption, you're going to see massive growth in the you know CBD product category, which is Obviously, what we are working on and trying to be a leader in, um, but like I said, the ones that really merge the two as much as they can together and get maximum um, utility out of both are going to see the best performance because they're leveraging different aspects of the market. And sometimes one goes down and the other goes up. So you're, you're hedging to some extent. Did you ever think you know, 10, 15 years ago that you'd be working in this space? Dude, I grew up in South Carolina. <laughs> even though yeah. i did move to california so i spent 10 years living in california so uh you know the perspective changed a bit but in the end no um but when i did just like you uh since we're similar similar time frames you know i dot com working in software i was like oh man just getting kicked started here like i'm looking for more opportunity and when i saw opportunity at a the age i am now i was like i'm taking advantage of that and I think that's awesome. So where can people find out more information about Myoderm? What are the best resources? Well, obviously our website's uh, myaderm.com. Um, you can find all about the products. You can purchase the products. You can also see our retailers and where they are. Uh, and that's the best place to go. All right. That's great, Eric. I appreciate that. And just to let you know, you know, I, I don't know what you know about, about the THC market, but there's a huge, I, I was talking about this with some friends in light of everything that's going on. And I'm bringing the video. Um, I, I was talking about this with some friends in light of everything that's going on. I don't know if you realize there's a huge difference between the district of Columbia and the federal government because oh, yeah. the federal government still does not, the federal government has been very uh, reticent to try to do anything in the cannabis area. But a few years ago, the district of Columbia made cannabis legal. So in DC, it is legal to purchase cannabis, but you can't purchase cannabis. After you go into a shop and you purchase a you buy t-shirt. A t-shirt. <laughs> you buy a t-shirt. Dude, totally. I know. Yeah. I mean, did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? And they uh, gift you the, the yeah. cannabis. Yes. You go into a shop, you buy a t-shirt and they give you a gift to say thank you for buying the t-shirt. I just thought that was a funny thing. I think for listeners, you know, that, that the reason why I'm saying that is that the laws are still so up in the air. They're so wonky. There's so many differences in the laws that even in the city where, which houses the federal government, it's really kind of a, a, of a wide of a wild West type of situation. Yeah. It's, it's nuts, dude. It, <laughs> it needs to be cleaned up. Um, it will get there. Yeah. Economics wins every time. Oh, of course. And the one thing I heard is to finish up here, Eric, but the one thing I heard in reading all this is after states have been losing revenue for the last three months, right? No sales revenue, no sales tax revenue coming in. People haven't been, people, the taxes are going to go down significantly as a result of COVID that a number of states are looking at the cannabis market and legal sports betting. That's the other area where I've been investing a little bit in and, and we don't even need to go there, but I've been investing in you know, legalized sports gambling or sports gaming, whatever you want to call it, that states are now going to be looking to kind of like, where can we collect revenues and changing it from there? 
Economics wins, man. <laughs> That's how it goes. It's always free market. Well, Eric Smart with Maya Durham. Hey, man, I really appreciate your time. It's a pleasure chatting with you. And I look forward to hopefully connecting with you. Are you in Denver proper or where, whereabouts are you? South Denver, kind of Denver Tech Center. Okay, cool. I'm, I, might, I might look you up next time I'm out that way. So thanks for your time today. Great, man. Love to have you. See, that's a fun conversation. And again, I get these pitches. PR people reach out to me like, hey, I have this person. And I don't like to do... I really try not to do an infomercial. I don't want to do an infomercial. Eric, if you're listening to this, I don't want to really do an infomercial for your product. That's why I want to learn a little bit about you and kind of like the story behind Myoderm. But what I want is I'm fascinated by CBD and I wanted to learn more about it. And like I said, you know, I've, I've read some of the science. I don't understand it in great depth. I understand it just enough to answer a few questions. But when I saw that it was approved by Dix, that spoke spoke volumes to me. Because they don't let just, I mean, you got to think about it. This guy, the, the CEO of Dix was one of the first guys to come out and say, we're no longer selling guns after a couple of recent events. And I thought that was huge. So they take what they do very seriously and they stand behind the products they sell, which to me, you know, that, that says a lot about the quality of the company and the fact that this is good stuff. So I'm actually waiting to pick up. I need to go down to Dix uh, when it's open again and pick up some some cream for uh, my knee, which has been kind of screaming and throbbing at me lately. But that's a whole other side story. Now, real quick, if you want to support the podcast, I'm doing a live uh, virtual workshop on Tuesday the 7th. It's called Glute Reboot. It's going to be 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. There'll be a link below in the show notes. We'll have a recorded webinar. I'll have a recorded webinar available on PeteMcCallFitness.com that you can pick up after that. It's going to be a great. We had over 200 people when we taught this at a conference last year. It's a very popular topic. Some reason people like exercising their butt, and I'm not sure why. Um, also, if you want to learn a lot about exercise, I wrote the great book Smarter Workouts: The Science of Exercise Made Simple. I've been educating personal trainers for almost for yeah, almost 20 years, and it teaches you everything you need to know how to design your own exercise programs that can help you you get the results you want from the gym. That's Smarter Workouts: The Science of Exercise Made Simple. You can see all that information, all the information I have available down below in the show notes. Or go to my website. If you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, sign up for my mailing list. I'll send you a free chapter from Smarter Workouts, and you can try it before you buy it. You also get one. There are 21 workouts in there, and I send you one of them that you can try out before you decide whether or not you want to pick up the book. But once you get it, I get great feedback on it. I know you'll get a lot out of it and learn how to apply that exercise into whatever you want to do. I'd like to send a big shout-out to Eric. Thank you for taking the time. It was a pleasure to speak with you, man. A pleasure to learn about Myoderm. I learned about the benefits. And to listeners, if you want to reach out, you can reach me at Pete, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Or you can tag me on it or look me up on Instagram. I don't know why I said tag. You can DM me on Instagram. Instagram is PeteMcCall underscore fitness. So thank you very much for stopping by. And as always, I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.